0: Come join The Zone in ARUP Friday, August 30th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at ARUP on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, a popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You want to get on the record right now with any predictions for the coming season for you youth fans we'll do the Cougars tomorrow we got the game on Thursday to talk about that specifically but big picture for the season and you know PK it's all about the players and we've been told that a million times but it's about the coaches too and how much does change in the offense coordinator matter because I got to say some of the changes in the past don't look like they've mattered a lot Maybe they mattered a little, but they haven't mattered a lot. And yet now there's a guy that Kyle's bringing back. He's clearly got to be more comfortable with him, given their history as assistant coaches early in their career, the fact they worked together for the first four years when Kyle was the head coach. How much does this translate into an offense that's more cohesive and just not stopping and starting and floundering at key
1: moments? I think it makes every single difference in the world. All
0: right. Sweet, Lee Corso was right. There it is. All right, good night, everybody. We're out.
1: Speaking of jazz gear, did you see Todd Gurley was rocking a Donovan Mitchell jersey?
0: I did see that. Just met him recently. Thought he was a good guy. Decided to support him. Stepping up to a podium or whatever that was there, yeah? A
1: cool dude. Nice. Yeah, more pub. The pub is coming. See, everything is changing now, man the nobody believes in us we're out in the wasteland we don't get the respect blah 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 all that's out the window now everything is done it's over this is a new day we got the Los Angeles Rams running back the the Rams clearly are a premier team in the NFC and obviously a he's contender a, to win it all in the entire NFL and he's a premier
0: back i mean he's yeah if he's healthy i mean the health was a problem but healthy he's easy
1: one of the top 2 or 3 in the game He's the girly man. The girly man wearing a Donovan Mitchell jersey. The amount of publicity that is so positive. Lee Corso on television. Things happen in threes, Dave. What's, What's the next positive thing <laughs> that's going to be bestowed upon our great community? Right? Right. We've got uh, Lee Corso up yeah. there. we got the girly man. What is next? Well,
0: Lisa's, Lisa's going to say it's the fact that she called the show, but Lisa tends to stir up some negativity among a certain portion of our listenership. So they're not all going to sign off on that. But nonetheless, we will roll the dice, and we'll let Yak push the button, and we'll put Lisa on the air, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. Okay, let me get it on my protective cup first. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about that. <laughs> Lisa, good morning.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: For people who don't know, you know, you're new to the show, you're new to the town or whatever, Lisa's been with the show on and off for a long time. We started in 02, Gary Croton was head coach, and by 03, Lisa was on the air demanding he be fired on a regular basis. I think you were fasting back in the day for a coaching change.
2: Yes. Yes. And if you remember correctly, I wanted them to shut, I wanted the youth to shut BYU out. 3-0, and it happened.
0: <laughs> but it didn't get you At the co- yeah. It didn't get you the coaching change you craved.
2: But now, fast
0: forward. No, but I, let the bad old days go. Helped. How are you feeling about your Cougars in this streak now?
2: Well, you know, I'm I'm a lot more positive than I was last year. I think I might disappoint you, fan, a little bit because I can't trash the team, the youth. I mean, I just can't, Lisa. They're, they're Lisa, too let
0: me let me just say, Lisa, that's a lie. You could if you wanted to. We've heard you. Now you may choose not to because you don't feel good about it, but I know you could.
2: Well, yeah, I probably could dig deep and do it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not.
0: Okay, you choose um, not
2: to. What what I want to what I've kind of come to realize is I'm old. <laughs> And I went to BYU back in the glory days, and I just, you know, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me with the streak of, what are they at, eight? Because I lived through the streak of BYU beating the Utes nine times. So, you know, and, and, I, and I always go back to the, you know, we have the national championship, we have the Heisman Trophy, and Ute fan always says, my favorite was recently tweet, one guy tweeted that their 2008 season was their national championship, and I was like, that's as fictional as you guys say our 1984 one is
1: Well, it's more fictional because <laughs> the they didn't get na- voted number one.
2: Right. Right. Well, and, I, you know, our 1984, when I say our, because I was on the field when they won. <laughs> but anyway, um, the The youths played under the exact same set of rules as BYU did, and they don't have a national championship.
1: No, they don't.
2: And no, they don't. And even 2008, and frankly, I think their 2005 season was better than 2008, and they don't have a trophy.
1: No, they don't.
2: And I know that drives them crazy.
1: Oh man, I can't. So I can't a- believe that I, they don't have one. I mean, there's two things they don't have: they don't have a trophy, and they don't have any clue. And also, thirdly, obviously, they don't have any class. <laughs> PK.
2: Well, now, now that you bring that up, <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. Holy cow!
2: <laughs> you know, I do. I do have a bit of a Twitter presence. What and crazy! I, yeah, I know. And I get trolled quite often by Youth fan And I I wanna say to you fan, first of all, recently one said, Go back to my Prozac something life or I can't remember. And I, I had to point Fair. out to him that I'm way past Prozac. Oh, okay. I mean That's come into this century, please. Yeah. And then my favorite, sure. my favorite is um, shouldn't I be cooking dinner for my husband? I get that a lot from youth fan, and I feel really sorry for female youth fans if that's what they if what the men say I just you know at this point I've cooked enough dinners I right, he can go you're to out huh
1: there's two and things you're not going to be you're not going to be pregnant and you're not going to be in the kitchen
2: well I'm way past all of that <laughs> yeah yeah I'm done with all of that and so I don't know youth fan needs to get well, and then there was my favorite one, which I can't say on the air. Last year when I was laughing at the fact that they were sitting in the rain in San Diego, because, DJ, you know, San Diego is heaven. And the fact that they were at the bowl game and it was raining made me laugh. And so I tweeted that, and, and a Ute fan called me a certain name that starts with a C.
1: Mm. You crazy broad, yeah. you.
2: <laughs> I know. And so I've kind of mellowed over the years, but I do want to say, let me say this, because I know this is kind of a yawner and I apologize, but it's because I've mellowed over the years. But I really feel like there's a possibility that BYU could win this game. And I haven't felt that way in a very long time. Sure. And, And I want to say yes. I mean, do you keep saying this is our Super Bowl? Yeah, it is our Super Bowl. When you're not in a conference, every game is a Super Bowl. This happens to be a little more that way. But then after we get done with that, then we have USC is going to be our Super Bowl and Tennessee and all the other games that we've got coming will be the Super Bowl.
1: That's a lot of Super Bowls, uh, Lisa.
2: <laughs> that is a lot of Super Bowls. Well, I'm going to throw this Hold at you. That. Hold on
1: a second. This one here, you're going to speak for all BYU fans. Under the circumstances, this one in 2019, if you get it, will be the sweetest win over Utah of all time, given the fact that Lee Corso has picked them to go all the way to the national title game and all the things that have gone against the Cougars and all the positive that's gone towards Utah. So if you win this game, definitively, emphatically, without hesitation, this will be the sweetest win over them, you know what's, all time.
2: Agreed. (laughs) Yes.
1: This will top Beck to Harleen because that was your
0: moment. Beck to Harleen was your moment, Lisa. You get a little lightheaded just thinking about it. What was at stake in that game? Pride. What What? Ego. Uh, Beck's legacy?
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Okay,
1: fine. Destroy
2: Utah's heart.
1: Right. This would pierce their very soul if the Cougars won. It would would be the worst defeat that Utah has ever suffered at the hands of BYU. It would supersede Beck to Harleen for sure. Because that was a 10-win team that year, wasn't it? So here... This, with all this hype, may have received unparalleled amount of hype locally and nationally. And for the Cougars to win, it would be the sweetest of the sweet.
2: Yep. I can't even thank you, PK. Thank you. Yes. Amen.
1: Lisa, and you and I have been drive. through the trials of life over the years, <laughs> ups and downs, and so here you have an opportunity to come. You've persevered through so much personal struggle, and yet here you are. You're still surviving. It's a, This game is a metaphor for Lisa's life here, all the things Absolutely. you've had to deal with over the years, and here you are still in the game.
2: That's right, and... Okay, I'm going to pick a score. Are you ready? Please. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay. I'm going to say BYU 34, Utah 31. Oh. oh, 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 oh she's yes, resur- ho ho This score. is, this that, is spiritual, your score.
1: resurrection of the 34-31. Yeah. It has a certain symbolic nature, doesn't it? You can see Absolutely. it. I'm making a sign of the cross right now.
2: <laughs> me too.
1: And you I people don't it. even do that regularly. This is just crazy. Nope.
2: <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, I'm sorry. all right, I'm Lisa. Not quite as fiery.
1: No, you weren't breathing fire.
0: You and I uh, am. Yeah. <laughs> PK. That last one. Yeah,
2: you one. took care of it for me, PK. That, that I'm last doing one. It now.
0: That last one. All, got all a, right, Lisa. That last one got a major laugh out of yak. PK. have you- <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. All right, DJ and PK. There is Lisa, and she's right. She is mellowed with age. She is. Uh, she used to come in breathing fire. The uh, y- y- well, the dragon the, is, has been
1: slayed. I agree with you, and I agree with her that you do mellow with age. And I also think the beatdowns. The even if the games have not necessarily been beatdowns, the result has been a beatdown. And the changing of the guard with going independence and going into the Pac-12, your dream conference has led to a beatdown. That's why I absolutely believe with all those factors that I just threw out there, And we would all agree on all of them. That's why if they win, combined with the amount of hype that Utah has received, which has been unprecedented, I don't think any of us can argue with that, if the Cougars find a way to win, it would be the most devastating defeat. It would supersede Beck to Harleen. Beck to Harleen. I mean, come on, that was just a great play. Eric Weddle himself goes over and congratulates John Beck. I mean, if you're a fan, you know, that game, depending on whether you're red or blue, that you're way high, you're way down, but now that we're removed that from that for almost fifteen years now, you can look back and say, Man, that was one heck of a ball game, you know, and somebody's gotta win, somebody's gotta lose. We get that. Here This thing, with all the hype, and to go 0-1, it would be the biggest story of the weekend. Because I don't think we're going to see an upset, given the fact that the team that has been picked to do so well would start off 0-1. And then combined with Hawaii beating Arizona, well, it's like, oh my gosh, and especially if uh, Auburn... Knocks off the Ducks, and the Pac-12 is going to be right back in the tubes. <laughs> we'll be talking about that on Monday. It'd be a whole thing on Sunday. They go, oh, "Here's the Pac-12 again." They have before the party's even started. They're out. It's like going to the conference tournament and getting beat on Wednesday before half the teams even arrive, and you're checking out of the hotel while the others are checking into the hotel, and that's just an awful feeling. I've literally I've seen that. I have seen that happen with my own very eyes, many times over. And you look at those players and coaches as they're leaving, As other teams, and they usually get in the night before, but you get the point. They're going to practice, or they're getting ready for a game on Thursday, and you're leaving because your season is over. Because nine times out of ten, if you're losing in that first round, your season's over. You're not going to the NIT or the uh, whatever crap other tournaments that they have. And so the dejection on the players' faces is so strong. That's the way it'll be. The Pac-12, the party before it even got started, would be out. And it would be something that, oh, my gosh, here we go again. And Ute fans would be the most crushing blow. I defy any Ute fan to argue, if you lose Thursday, how that is not the most crushing defeat you've ever suffered at the hands of BYU. Absolutely it is. Oh, my gosh. I've spoken truth. I I I need some time off. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: There it is. Shut her down. He's gassed. He's wiped out. He's all done. He needs a nap. (laughs) For other reasons, but we won't get that. <laughs> uh, getting getting texts on the
1: phone. Who is this chick? Get her off the air! Holy cow! Oh, she's a staple. That's who she is. She's she's a foundation piece. She is she the, represents the Cougars and the females. She is the pulse of BYU football. The fans. Oh, she's the essence of a fan base. Somebody who's been in it. She talked about being in school in the early 80s during the glory years, right? And here we are just about ready to go into the 20s, and she's still a Cougar fan. She's the essence of a college fan base. What do you mean, who is this chick? Really, step away from the actual who the person is, but what the person represents is the lifeblood of the program from the fan perspective. Someone who's been in it all this time and got in it as a kid. Either I don't know about before she went to BYU, if she was a fan growing up. Maybe she was. A lot of them tend to be that way. But certainly when she went to the school, and promo, got campus, she got hooked yeah. and has been with the program literally through thick and thin the whole time. I heard her passion when they sucked was admirable. And now she's aged a little bit. And I think she's also been beaten down. I mean, you can't keep... this is like saying, oh, my gosh, you know, this this would be for me. This is the year that ASU basketball is going to dominate the U of A. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> I've been de- beaten down to the point that I don't even care anymore, right? Because it's been so one-sided for 30 years. So, come on. I'm not going to get invested. Oh, Bobby Hurley's there. You know, big deal. He gets good enough, he's going to be out the door. That's the way I look at it. So, why waste my time? It's... The same thing here, you know. You, it's hard to generate the passion because you've been beaten for so many years. Which is why, if you get it this year, it's the sweetest of them all. Nothing would supersede that. That's what's at stake for the Cougars. In that respect, they really have nothing to lose because they're expected to lose, especially this year against a team that is getting so much national run. Yak, we we haven't done this on our station in probably one show, let's get a national guy on, and we can ask him, how good do you think the Utes are going to be this year? Okay. I mean, that that we, we're, we really haven't done that as a community since well, does,
0: when? Since yesterday. Next guest count No, Nope, like that? nope, that's regional. We want <laughs> national.
1: Okay. No, because I'm not going to ask him how good does he think the Utes are going to be. So you want me to year? get somebody on just one question? He's uh, Yeah, and, and DJ's right. Lincoln Kennedy is a Pac-12 guy. We've had him on now for, what, five years in a row? And so he has the Pac-12 perspective, which I think that Pac-12 perspective means a little bit more than national perspective. It's almost like they just dip in this year as opposed to really following the conference. Because you can ask Lincoln Kennedy about Oregon State, and he can break it down. You can obviously ask him about Utah, and he can break it down. But this year, man, the stakes have never been higher. And for the Cougars... You're expected to lose. So in that way, you've got nothing to lose. What? Do you, no one's picking you to win, right? And here you're going up as a team that is literally picked by some to go all the way. All the way. If not all the way, then the Rose Bowl. And even just the Rose Bowl on its own merit is an incredible expectation.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Lincoln Kennedy, Packed Hold Network Analyst and... Radio analyst for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we'll talk football with Lincoln next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
3: Yeah! And now, Attention. Top of the Wire One. on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham telling the media that star running back Zach Moss and wide receiver Britton Covey are ready to roll Thursday in the opener at BYU. BYU's first depth chart of the season revealed graduate transfer running back Tyson Williams the clear starter with Lupini Kato and fellow grad transfer Emmanuel Asupa backing him up at that position. Longtime Washington State backup quarterback Anthony Gordon has been named the starter heading into Washington State's season opener against New Mexico State. Michigan will start Shea Patterson quarterback this season, but head coach Jim Harbaugh says he'd like to play Dylan McCaffrey at some point as well. Major League Baseball, Yankees beat the Mariners 5-4. They have the best record in the American League by a half game over Houston. Dodgers lose in San Diego 4-3. Manny Machado driving in the go-ahead run for San Diego. Bees beat El Paso 11-3. Game 2 is tonight, 7 o'clock. Listen to the game on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the wire brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking.
3: The 2019 season begins this week, and what better way to kick off the season than... The Holy War. Listen all week as the Zone Sports Network gets you ready for another chapter of the BYU Utah Rivalry. Let's go! Then on Game Day. Legendary. Catch the Holy War pregame show beginning Thursday at 6 at JCW's in Provo. They
4: gonna talk about me! Things ain't never gonna be the same.
3: your home for the best Holy War coverage in Utah is right here. Take away from me. Yeah. You On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Join the big show. Thursday from 3 to 6 in Murdoch Hyundai at 452 Linden Park Drive in Linden. Well, PK, (laughs) this is not surprising. What? Lisa's generating the tweets. (laughs) So the highlights, at least according to Alan, favorite moments with DJ PK and Lisa. Number one, I've cooked enough dinners. Number two, without a conference, every game is our Super Bowl. And number three, reference to making the sign of the cross. Well, the funny (laughs) thing is he actually tagged the wrong Lisa in this. He tagged Lisa, (laughs) Lisa Wilson, the mother of Zach Wilson, is the one who he tagged in this.
1: Ooh, he didn't think that that was who Lisa was, did he? I hope not. She's active on Twitter, so she's going to see that. Oh, she will see it. <laughs> Cheers to social media.
0: <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We just had a call from Lisa that disrupted everything. But it was a window into the psychology of BYU fan after uh, after eight straight losses.
1: Yeah, how do you not feel a sense of being beaten down? I mean, it's just natural, right? I mean, you look at it, you step back, virtually everything that's happened in the last decade has gone Utah's way, and consequently it's gone against you to the point of, man, they are way up there now in this high and mighty power five, and you're not after all those years. How would you not feel beaten down? What fan base, Ever, base, has,
0: what fan base has taken a beating for a decade and not been beaten down? I mean, are we going to go Cubs here? Because the Suns, I remember when that was great. It used to be great to watch a game from Phoenix, and now it's all empty seats. Well, they've been beaten down for a decade.
1: Actually well, yeah, and then sense. you combine with the fact of the change of the conference. I mean, yeah. come on. I talked to Chris Hill about that. He, he acknowledged that BYU was in a very vulnerable spot. and And to a degree, he felt for them because of that situation. It's a crazy situation.
0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined once again by Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 network analyst, also working on the Oakland radio, Oakland Raiders radio broadcast. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen, and Happy Football New Year to you. Happy Football New Year to you. Now, this will shock you, but we have been, spent months asking people, how good are the youths going to be? Do you think the youths <laughs> are going to be really good this year? But I'm curious because you are a, uh, well, among many things, you've got the link to the University of Washington, obviously, and... Right. You keep an eye on Washington State. you got a pretty good rivalry with Oregon. I don't know if people here understand how intense that can be. And so when you look at all these teams that are either coming off good years, expected to have good years, is there one team you look at and think, "Eh, it's not that even. This team has really got it going.
5: Well, you know, there, we sit here and prognosticate a lot when it comes to the start of college football season because you really don't have a lot to work with. Unlike NFL game where you have preseason games, you kind of get an insider look as to what the team might look like or their philosophy on both sides of the ball. College is, is, is all brand new. And, 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 I'm, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because even in the spring games, coaches, because they know they're going to be televised, Coaches don't want to show anything, so they're very vanilla. They're just kind of going through the motion, giving the fans a little bit of excitement to look forward to. So there's a lot of unknown when it comes to predicting and projecting, and projecting how these teams are going to be. Naturally, you go off of last year's success and the key returners. That's really the only information that you have. With that being said, you know, I think the North is incredibly competitive. And, and as far as the South is, I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on your home team, in, in, the Utes, um, and not getting the amount of respect that they probably deserve when it comes to Pac-12 competition or conference talk. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of unknowns that we still just have to wait and see how these teams play.
1: So, Lincoln, when you were with the University of Washington, they literally were a national power and you were expected to win every game. And you probably thought you were going to win every game. And the Utes, I mean, they're not to the level that Washington was, but they're an emerging, I don't know if I can use the word power, but nevertheless, they're getting all sorts of attention. When you think back to the days that you played and were expected to win, what was the type of feeling amongst the team as you took the field in terms of were you worried about being overconfident? How did you keep the right emotional mental edge as you went on the field when you're supposed to win
5: well our head coach don james may rest in peace was very good at talking up every opponent as though they were bigger than we would ever be it didn't matter who we were playing the week you know oregon state hadn't won many games but he talked about oregon state being in a, a caged animal backed into a corner come out and strike you don't want to be embarrassed so we had to get mentally and physically repair, prepared for all those types of games. And, and we, were, we were able to get up. There was never a time where, actually I take that back, maybe in our, my senior year, my last year, um, it was a time when we got a little ahead of ourselves. When the, um, um, the penalties came handed down from the NC2A about the players, we lost some players. We really didn't know how to respond after that. We lost that Arizona. Uh, I think we lost to Wazoo that year. Um, so because now we had a target on our back. The way it goes these days, and of course back then we were, as a program, we were starving for attention. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we were trying to put West Coast, especially Pacific, West, uh, Pacific Northwest football, on the map. So we were trying to get recognition. We went out and beat the teams that we needed to beat to get recognition. We, you know, played well in the Rose Bowls and, um, uh, you know, beat Nebraska two years in a row, stuff like that to get recognition. These days with the kids and the way everything is there, sometimes you don't want that attention. And you want to travel under the radar. And that's why I think Utah is in a very good spot. Not only bringing back Zach Moss, who I would have the highest expectations of as a running back, but they bring back a pretty good team. And if they stick with what they they know to do, which is play defense, run the ball, they're really going to be a strong team. More importantly, it's just how can they start fast? Because we've seen several times this this team over the years, not starting fast, still finding a way to win, but not starting fast or getting in consistent rhythm.
0: Well, they were 0-2 in conference last year, so that's certainly uh, fresh in the minds of of Ute fans. I guess the most recent news is that Washington State has picked a quarterback and they're not going with the grad transfer they're going with a guy who's been a backup and been in the program anthony gordon now at media days uh you know their, their coach mike leach is like hey we were 11 and 2 and we think we're going to be better and i think a lot of people have scaled back because they didn't know who the quarterback was going to be right and they scaled expectations back now that you know it's gordon not that he's played a lot and we've seen him do much where do where do they fit in all of this
5: you always got to be aware of the air-raid offense because they can put a lot of points on the board. But you also, the way I look at it is that I take it tongue-in-cheek because I think it's almost like Big 12 football. They assume that no one else is going to play defense. So if you get a team like you saw what Washington was able to do to them in the, in the Apple Cup, and it really wasn't much. You just put, a, you, you put a, a, a heavy man, a zone combination in the middle of the field and really only rushed three most of the time. It really left the air-raid offense on its heels and couldn't really get into a rhythm. So I think when you stem back to what you so last year, it's going to have to be a wait-and-see game now. Wazoo is going to put points on the board, and Wazoo is definitely going to uh, throw the ball around. But it's just a matter when it comes down to that later in the season when the weather gets bad, does that system still work as productive as it does in the early part of the season.
1: So from a coacher, a coach and a player's perspective, from looking at Utah, how much do you like playing the rivalry game or maybe don't like playing the rivalry game with BYU in the first game? I don't like it in the first game.
5: It, there's, there's too much at stake. It's, it really is because you don't know what type of product you're going to have when you get out there and play against other people. And there's, it's really a whole lot of intensity for kids that take it personally, living in the state or bragging rights, however you want to name it. This is a big game. Um, you know, fortunately for Utah in the past history, even though they haven't started well against BYU, they found a way to win, and I think that, that goes as good for building confidence. But it's very, it's a very risky game because you and I both know these days when it comes to college football, you know, one loss, um, you're not necessarily out of it, but it does, it does deter a lot of voters from staying with you uh, if you don't come out and stay uh, uh, and, and win those games and you know just keep winning.
0: Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 network analyst joining us here. You know, over the years, you've taken us inside the uh, USC football program. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you had a personal tie with your son playing there and then covering the conference and knowing people and hearing stuff, you know. (laughs) <laughs> that, that rattles around. You know, Clay Hilton went ten and three and went to the Rose. He went eleven and three and went to the Cotton. That probably sounds pretty good to people here, but there's a portion of the USC fan base, maybe a sizable portion, who was probably pretty upset with the three losses, even though they were in the Rose and Cotton Bowls. What are you expecting out of them? Is he is his body language and energy level the? Pac-12 media days wasn't great. Is it dead man walking there? Is there a chance to make it through these first six games and, and have a chance to play for something big?
5: Well, the rumors are swirling around that Urban Meyer is on deck to take this job, guys. And when you have somebody of that magnitude just in the shadows, being in Los Angeles, going to be working for Fox Sports as a commentator, uh, as a studio analyst. You know, that, that could work against you. Now, you're right. For as much success as Clay has had at SC, he's often referred to and looked consistently at his, his shortcomings, his fails. Well, and, and so if this team does not do well, because you've got to remember, USC is one of those considered in the college football world one of those perennial powerhouses. It's held to the same standard as a Notre Dame, a Texas, Uh, you know, uh, and and some of those other you know highly ranked independents that had you know great history. Um, And it's and for the most part. USC for the longest time has kind of defined the Pac-12 conference as a whole. People from around the country, when they talk about the Pac-12, they always refer to SC, SC, SC. When does it get down? I mean, when does it get back to where it was? And so that's what the standard that everyone holds at um, uh, to. And they just haven't been there. They haven't been as dominant as people have expected them to be. So you've got to kind of get back to that tradition. And I think there's a lot of alumni and a lot of regents and a lot of powerful people in this program that want to get back to that. And they're looking for that headline, that big stopper headline. So uh, even when before Clay got the job, there were so many things swirling around, you know, Jack Del Rio, I mean, and, you know, Jeff Fisher, all these other big names. Urban Meyer's no different, so there's, there's rumors circulating that um, you know, Urban's there to take either the SC job or you know, there's even some rumors saying they'll take the UCLA job because, uh, because uh, Chip Kelly is going to go to bigger better things uh, in, a, in a few years.
1: Talk about Washington here for a second. We call them the Huskies. You always call them your dogs with a W. And, you know, they have been really good under Chris Peterson. They got a pretty good rebuilding job on hand this year. They got a quarterback who's a transfer. The backup then leaves after. Chris Peterson basically guaranteed him playing time to one extent or another, and they're supposedly, you know, I think it's a little misleading to replace nine starters on defense because there's some guys who've got some experience. But nevertheless, they did lose a lot, but I don't really see, uh, in terms of expectation, a drop-off. What's going on there?
5: Well, because you've been able to do it, to turn the page for so long. Um, You know, Jake Browning, being a long time, stand in at quarterback and now making another change to Eason. As you mentioned, people were wondering what's the next step for this program. Well, from everything I've heard, Eason has a stronger arm and he's going to be good, especially in this system. But I was wondering if he's surrounded by enough skill players. We'll have to see. But one thing that Coach Pete has done is he's been able to turn the page and the next man up has been as successful, if not more, than the ones before. And I think that's one thing that uh you know have alumni like myself, you know, seem to take solitude in. More importantly, when you watch this team, you know that they've got a big target on their back. But even this year, you know, it's it's not so much to focus on them as people were talking about Oregon uh, and, and their possibility of being up. Um, to me, the Pac-12 is the most competitive conference in, in the country, from top to bottom. I think that any team on any given weekend can beat another, and you can't say that about every conference. I mean, of course, they go out and play, but then it's pretty much dominant and top-heavy in a lot of the conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten, and the ACC for that matter. Um, the 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 only way that Pac-12 is going to get national prominence is if they win their non-conference games against uh, in, uh, against you know worthy opponents, and more importantly, when they get in the bowl games, find a way to win. And for the last couple of years, that has not happened.
0: So Oregon has not been to the Pac-12 title game in the last four seasons. Even the fifth-year seniors on that roster uh, have not had that experience. And one of those big games you're talking about is Auburn in the opener. Is Oregon, after multiple coaching changes,
5: back to what they were, or are they not there yet? There are a lot of people expecting them to give, uh, to beat Auburn. Um, and I would love to see it happen. I'm not going to say I expect it because it hasn't it hasn't happened for any of these Pac-12 teams taking on SEC opponents. Uh, but uh, the thing is that Oregon has a good quarterback in Herbert, and they've got a good offensive line, and they've got a fairly decent running game behind especially this offensive line. So they've got a chance. Uh, and this is, this is, again, this is important for a number of reasons. It's especially important for the guys in your, your backyard, the Utes, because the thing is, is that whoever wins the Pac-12, if the if they, Pac-12 has a strong enough, in my opinion, has a strong enough non-conference outing, say Oregon beats Auburn and stuff like that, that gives them recognition, then the Pac-12 championship is worth something. And, and until we increase the amount of playoff teams... Uh I do believe conference championships are worth something. I don't care who they are or where they are. They should be worthy of playing for a national championship. If if Utah was to win the uh, win the uh, the conference and Oregon, say, didn't win that game or didn't have a good non-conference record, Pac-12 champions likely not to get into playoffs. And I don't think that's right, but it is the way it is. So this game is important for the entire conference, not just Oregon.
1: Yeah, I totally agree there. Somebody in each division... Especially in the South, where it seems like there's so much mediocrity. Somebody is going to do better than expected. Who would you guess that would be?
5: Uh, I think a lot of people... Well, UCLA is going to be better. Um, I think USC has a chance just because of the the roster talent that they have. Um, if they find a way to put it together, I think USC can be there. And of course, I think there's a surprise, and no one's really you know talking about ASU. Now, Herm Edwards did a marvelous job. His staff did a marvelous job um, with the team last year and really surpassed expectations. And I think it might be much of the same this year. But again, when you're starting a new quarterback, there's a lot of things that are unknown. So there are a lot of dark horses, uh, especially in the South. I, I think uh, Colorado with its run game can be good if they, if they keep it consistent. If you get back to basic football, to me, I don't care with all the fair, you know, flare and glitz that's going around the country with these high-powered offenses. Me, Basic football still wins. Run the ball and play defense. And, and when you have teams that are able to do that, I think teams have a little bit long, more longevity, especially when the weather gets bad. So uh, if you get back to the basics, I think you can be successful.
0: Lincoln Kennedy join us, Pac 12 Networks analyst, Oakland Raider radio analyst. Uh, before we let you go, I do have one pro question. What the heck happened up in Winnipeg? Holes in the field because the goal line, the goalposts are at the front yeah. of the end zone? No one knew that the goalposts were at the front of the end zone and they need a plan to fill the holes? What? No, no, what the heck they didn't. They
5: knew. <laughs> Well, what it came down to is that the field was not in uh, adequate condition by the time the players were warming up. Now, when the game started, the field was in adequate condition. And for those who don't know Canadian football, their their goalpost is in the front of their off, uh, front of their end zone, uh, and, and the NFL is in the back of the outside the end zone. So there was a large divot that had a it's a it's a sports turf field. So it was it was it was carpet that was over where the old goal posts normally go. But um, it wasn't pushed down by the time warm-ups came. So the Packers' medical staff were a little afraid that if their players needed, somebody might get hurt. So they chose – they didn't really want to play the game. The Raiders had to talk them into playing the game on a shortened field. So it just became a glorified scrimmage. It was a mess. It was, no doubt it was a mess.
0: Weird stuff right there. All right, yeah. Lincoln. Well, the, uh, the opening season is upon us, and uh, you, don't, you don't want to pick the uh, Oregon-Auburn game? Even with Auburn no, starting no, a true freshman? No, impression.
5: not yet. I, and, and look, in spite of my love for the Pac-12, I still hate the Ducks, so it's hard <laughs> for me to, to, okay. to look past that. All right. <laughs> All right,
0: well, we appreciate it, Lincoln. Thanks for a few minutes and look forward to talking yeah, to you yeah. over the course of the season. All right, thanks, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, Lincoln Kennedy, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris Cameron, a Ute rider for The Athletic, is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Stay with us. This is 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
3: Three, two, one, 1. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. Come join the zone
0: in ARUP Friday, August 30th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at ARUP on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. All right, PK. I have to compliment you and your genius now. What? You told me you were watching some Phil Mickelson videos and to put the weight on the front leg... Yeah. Holy cow! I thought that was just chipping, and then I was messing around, just hitting some irons. I'm hitting everything like ten to fifteen yards further. Free golf tip from PK and from uh, Phil, your friendly Sun Devils. Put the weight on the front leg, guys. Holy cow! Watch the freak out. <laughs> Watch why? You're gonna be great. Oh no! This is just this is getting me from 100 to 90. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> This is getting me from uh, completely embarrassing to just
1: partially embarrassing. Well, I mean, it's steps. You see, the thing about your golf game is that you're not going to skip steps. You're going to get better incrementally. (laughs) That's right. I'm not. I'm not. So that's what you're doing.
0: Exactly. Got the Dennis Lindsay uh, golf tips going.
1: Right. And then lo and behold, you make a couple more adjustments and you're in contention to shoot uh, in the 70s.
0: I've told people before, I swing like your great-grandmother. That's about all the power I have. And now, the weight thing, seriously, now I'm swinging like grandma. No longer great-grandma, just grandma. Step forward, incremental, step-by-step. Step. We're not skipping steps.
1: It's only a matter of time before you're knocking on the door
0: of par. <laughs> it's a matter of time. All time and eternity, I
1: believe. You'll get a par. You will get a par, I promise you. Oh, a par, yes, you'll get a par, thank you. <laughs> I changed the criteria there on the fly
0: A bar, that's one thing, yes. I had a, actually had a birdie putt yesterday and gagged like a dog from eight feet.
1: knocked yeah, it but don't, don't worry about getting it down because you're never going to get it down. Uh, Gordon and I, I did the show with him mm-hmm. uh, last uh, Thursday, I think it was, right, and so we went over to River Oaks after the show and played nine from the blues, but it's a short, it's a it's a relatively short course, but it's very narrow, and I shot a one under. Right. I had uh, two birds or two pars and a, yeah, two birds and a and a bogey and the rest were pars. So that comes out to one under. Well, in the very next day, the very next day, another nine and shoot ten over.
0: OK, so I feel a little better about myself when I hear that. Because yeah. I'm just all over the place. I was playing by myself yesterday, right before sundown, which has turned into that. That's pretty good. And so there's nobody behind me. There's a, a single plane in front of me, and sometimes I'd catch up to him. So I'd let him go. I would just hit a second ball, just stalling, yeah. and. Um, and it was amazing. I hit the first ball and you just feel all the tension. You know, you hit it a little fat, there's a little bit of a slice or whatever. I drop a second ball, all going, man, it's frustrating. I know I can get better. I just take a swing. It's like, there it is. Well, where was that last time? This doesn't count. But it was was amazing. It was just, it was like night and day. And I, three or four times, and I think, okay, so when they talk about, you know, getting all the tension out of your arms or your hands or whatever, step back from the ball, take a deep breath and relax, all that stuff matters a lot because I was shanking stuff, and then all of a sudden they throw down the second ball and put it right on the green. It was night and day. It's like I was two different golfers.
1: What should we play for?
0: Nothing because you're way better than me. (laughs) So. I just shot a 10 over. How's that way better than you? Because uh, you're disgusted with yourself when you shoot a 10 over. And if I shot 10 over, I'd be taking victory laps. I'd be standing out in the parking lot, just waving the clubs at everybody, blowing kisses. Hey, this a 10 over. It's great.
1: I you on know, top of the world. I also think that I need to get like Lisa. What's I think that, that would help. Uh, not be so stressed about it. Oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy it for what it is. But it's a hard time for me to do that because of the fact that I did shoot a one-under that one time. And then so I want to be able to do it all the time and so then it leads to more tension it leads to more frustration I've always been good even growing up I've always been good about keeping sports in perspective and viewing it as entertainment I never for me I just took it for what it's worth and had fun with it it was a form of an outlet it's like to me I've said this a million times sports when I watch them on television are like going to a movie. It's a form of entertainment. Did I like the movie? Great. If I didn't, well oh, that stinks. Same thing here. So I've never gotten really wrapped up in the winning and losing. I love to watch them. It's my number one hobby. If I can play a few of them, that's even better. But I will watch the game on Thursday and it'll be fun and whoever wins, great. But when it comes to playing golf, I haven't been able to transfer that into uh, being more relaxed. It just means too much to me and gets stressed. I was reading one of the papers. I think it was in maybe Jay Drew's news store uh, job at the D News about fans being stressed and they hate the rivalry because it's stressful. And I couldn't really relate personally. I've never felt any game, any team was too stressful for me to watch because I've never really totally had that buy-in. I've always enjoyed it for what it's worth. It's just a form of entertainment. But yet I bet those very same people look at me and say, well, what do you get so tense for about golf? You're just out playing a game. So I have the same type of tenseness that they have directed towards other people playing their favorite teams, and they probably look at me and thinking I'm nuts nuts when i do that thing about golf and getting so worked up about golf to the point you know you throw clubs you swear you whatever and it's funny how that is a difference and i don't i look at them what are you doing that for why do you get all tense and they probably do the same thing for me over here when i'm playing that sport
0: you know i also think you should look at that uh the the one over and the ten over and you know it's all personal depending on how good you are but you That was the one under, under by the way. One under, okay, one under to ten over. So if you look at the pros on tour, whenever they go low, I mean you could just count on it. It doesn't matter what network's broadcasting and, and who's in the bo- whoever is up in that in the in the perch up there is gonna say, Oh well, you know, it's really hard to back up a low number with another low number. So you wanna think you've achieved this new standard, but the truth is everybody, including touring pros, you just you know sometimes sometimes that putt burns the edge and sometimes it catches and uh, drops in and you got right count and that, that
1: particular day on the one under I couldn't miss on the green I get that but then a ten over yeah. the very next day is inexcusable and that leads to all sorts of frustration and I want to pull my hair out
0: DJ PK and Kent from Techniglass is joining us right now Kent good morning
4: good morning and uh, good morning to all your zone listeners out there tetanaglass has an amazing deal today for all your listeners until noon it's available at over 25 tetanaglass locations statewide you're gonna want to remember this number it's 801 562 2200 here's the deal $99 windshields you heard it right $75 labor install over 85% of the vehicles qualify also comes with those famous tetanaglass warranties that everybody's talking about it's unlimited so if you have 135 cars Call us. You can get that $99 windshield. Now, you don't have to get it done today. All you have to do is call before noon. Here's the number. It's 801-562-2200, 801-562-2200. Call right now to get that $99 windshield. Back to you guys.
0: Thank you, Kent. You can check out Technoglass online there at technoglass.com, or as Kent says, call them, 801-562-2200.